Hey guys, on this podcast, I've mentioned two restaurants um, a lot. So Leaning Tower Pizza has been brought up a lot and talked about on this podcast, and they are donating a gift card for this month of April 1st. I will be giving away a gift card and the Birdhouse in Robbinsdale. They are also going to donate some gift cards and swag And April 1st of 2022, I will be doing a raffle drawing. In order to become a part of the raffle drawing, you have to be a member. So go ahead and check out my Patreon account and donate some money to me so I can continue sharing stories with you and get a chance to win gift cards to restaurants and also... We have a lot of stuff from guests that are donating, some music and some t-shirts and some swag and some gift cards to their business. Thank you guys for listening and supporting. All right. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. I am here with Julie and Mary and um, our teachers who are on strike today. And I would like to hear your stories about what's going on. If one of you guys want to start. Um. I'm Julie Ellingson. I'm one of the physical education teachers at Nellie Stone Johnson School. And I'm on strike for a better Minneapolis public schools. Um, A little bit about myself. I'm a 23-year teacher. I I have three teenagers in Minneapolis public schools. Two go to Olson and one goes to Henry. And my wife is an ESP also for MPS. So this definitely is a family event for us. Yeah, that's crazy. And what did you say before? Um, couples that strike together? Yes, we... Um, <laughs> stay together. Couples that strike together stay together. I love um, that. We've been traveling around Minneapolis on our unpaid strike vacation honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me, how long has this been going on? Do you want to kind of give a brief overview of what is actually happening with the strike and what you guys are trying to accomplish by doing this? Yes. Um A little history is Minneapolis Public Schools for the last, well, at least the last 15 years, it's just been dwindling and dwindling the funding, the programs, the leadership, and trying to, I feel like it's just every year it's less and less and less, and the burden is put more on the people. And Mm -hmm. one of my signs was um, hashtag human debt. And I think MPS has got themselves into some serious human debt, and you can't balance a budget on people and and their wages and their livelihoods. And I think they're it's just like nope, we're not doing anymore. Wow. Yeah. And and like you guys are educating children. You know, that's the thing that blows my mind that you guys should be well taken care of in order to be taking care of children and teaching them because that's our future. So I think that it's yeah like you guys should be the top priority, but, um, so, okay, um, let me do a little brief overview of you, Mary, tell me. Yeah, um, so I am a first year educator. I'm an ESP at Nellie Stone Johnson. Um, I did student teaching at a Minneapolis public school. Um, I have two children in Minneapolis public schools. They're both at different schools, so between my family, we represent three different schools. Oh, wow. Um, which I've seen equity issues <laughs> between the three. Yeah. Um, you can notice a difference. Um, 
And that's been really eye-opening to me mm-hmm. as a parent and now as an educator. Um, yeah, I think everyone should get the same fair shake. You know, they, right. it's not being equal. Um, just in the three schools that I've been a part of. So that's kind of my fight in this game is to make sure all the kids are getting everything they need and what they deserve with public education. And as a first-year educator, this has been a wild year for me. Um, And when I was student teaching, I had 28 kids in my classroom. And as a student teacher, that was really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And there was no... AEs to help, um, nothing. Just wow. Yeah. So that's kind of was. That's how I was welcomed into the district, I guess, and it's kind of made me reassess too. Like, what district do I want to work at? But I want to be with my kids, and the Nellie Stone Johnson family has been really welcoming, and everyone is there for the kids. You can just Mm -hmm. tell. Mm, That's awesome. That's awesome. How does that? uh, How is this affecting your kids? I guess both of you um, can ask that. So I have a high fiver. So he's four and a first grader who's seven. And my daughter, it's really starting to affect her. Mm-hmm. She's been pretty emotional. She just misses her. It's got to be really hard. She misses her teacher and her friends. And like her favorite subject is reading. And it's just mm-hmm. like, as a parent, you have to stay on top of that stuff at home because you don't want them to be weeks behind when we go back to school. Yeah. And that's been the hardest, like, as an educator and as a parent is you leave the picket line and it's like, okay, I got to go home and I got to do these things for my kids so they don't fall behind. Right, right. So not only, yeah, that's crazy, not only are you fighting for the teachers, you also have to help your children stay educated and stay on top of everything because there are no teachers right now yeah available that's that's really tough and like i like that's amazing like i think you're superwoman right now like i think that's like the coolest thing like you're doing all this so you yeah that's really cool um but how about you how about your children so i have three teenagers two seventh graders and an 11th grader and i think it's been really hard particularly um, just their mental and emotional health and, mm-hmm. and what people don't realize is that they haven't had a normal education in a really critical time of their adolescence due to COVID and you know we just haven't I have an 11th grader that you know has barely been at the building and you know I think about when you go think back to your high school days and it's different now and I think also we're fighting for different supports we we can't just be aloof and, and pretend that COVID and in the last two years of our lives it just everything's going to be okay these kids need supports mental yeah. health supports they and you know what it costs money it costs money to care for people and it's an investment and caring for people matters mm-hmm. and and the money it, yeah there's money and we just need to do this and you know it, it it's worth it every yeah. single kid in minneapolis is worth it every single yes. esp and teacher in minneapolis is worth it the investment is worth it totally totally and i didn't actually even think about the part where the kids are like the COVID thing like 
then on top of this, like that's got to be so hard to for a kid at this time. Um, but no, are there are there like how long has it been that kids haven't even been in school? Particularly, I my kids, we I kept them home for distance learning almost the whole time. And okay. so, I mean, it varies between family circumstances, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of it has been distance learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been back in the building this year, and but we feel like it's it. we are not getting on, on like the momentum. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get, like teaching is all about, it's magical and it's about momentum. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get momentum and the magic when, you know, we have these work stoppages and, yeah. but it's worth it. And yeah. this investment, this, this stand, we're standing up for public schools. We're standing up for things that matter. Yeah. And a lot of people making the decisions, they probably haven't been in a school lately. Mm-hmm. And schools have changed a lot since like I'm, I'm 45 and schools have changed a lot. And if you haven't stepped into a school lately, yeah. especially an urban school, you're missing out and you, you just can't understand. Right. You know, right. It's crazy. Um, what do you think the progress is so far? Do you think that um, something's going to come of it? Like, do you think there's going to be a decision or an agreement coming soon? That, this, I don't know. You know, you hope so. Mm-hmm. And then when the district releases things like they did last night that says, you know, teachers can come back and we'll just do the negotiations outside. And so kids can get back into school. And it's just like, no, that's not going to work. We, the, we're taking a stand. And this is for kids to benefit from for years to come. Yeah. Like, I see this as an investment. Me striking is an investment in my kids' education for the next 11 and 12 years. Yeah. My kids will be in Minneapolis public schools. And this is worth it. Mm-hmm. And the parent support I have been seeing in my own neighborhood has been phenomenal. There's signs in the window. There's parents poking their head out at me and my kids when we're on our walks yelling, hold the line. And Mm. it's just like, it really, uh, people in Minneapolis are being so supportive right now. And I feel that. Yeah, that is awesome. That is super awesome. Um, And I know I've seen so much support too um, everywhere. And it feels good to see that everyone's like, obviously, clearly on your side, like as a whole. So um, hopefully something will come of it soon. So. Yeah, I think if you're investing in the kids, you're investing in your own community. And I right. think that's clicked for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I just think about this next generation um, of kids. They're going to, I feel like this is like a way different than I guess any of us have had to deal with. And I think they're going to be a lot stronger. Um, have you guys like, has your kids like learned a lot about education um, or are they educated about what's going on and involved with everything? Yeah. You know, I just, yes. Um, I don't know. I just like, I think one of the, one of the things that we're learning through this is Mm -hmm. that it needs to actually be bigger than Minneapolis. And we're asking people that don't live in Minneapolis to invest in us and because it matters. Mm-hmm. And so we're, you know, we're talking about like um, suburban and outstate state, the representatives. It's, mm-hmm. It really comes down to the legislature. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, what we're learning about yeah. is that we're yeah. learning how this works. It's not just, you know, 
they're not even in session for this. And mm-hmm. so there's not this magical, what is hard is like, there's not this magical button that can get pushed. This right. is, there's processes for this. And I think that I'm learning about that. And that is, yeah. it's hard. It's yeah. very, you know, you just, it's anxiety, like yeah. drives your anxiety. Yeah. And it's almost just like, you guys just have to put in the time to show that like, we're not budging basically. Um, my my daughter um, has been to some of the rallies, and she thinks teachers are superheroes well, and they are. are the coolest <laughs> people ever. And she says, I'm just so lucky that I'm a teacher because she has seen all the teachers and she knows oh. what they're doing. So kids know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And they are. I think, yeah, I think that they're super important to society and, like, just everything that they do. And it blows my mind that they don't get paid as much as they should you know um so yeah i i agree with your daughter (laughs) i just yeah i mean it's that whole like the valuing of of different things in our society and if there's money for to build a stadium if there's money for this there's money if there's you know it, it just like i think that's probably been the most frustrating part is just you know if there's money for someone to sign a 30 billion dollar contract there's I mean like where are we and why why are we even having this discussion that our ESPs want $35,000 a year like why are we having this how is that even difficult that that should be a no-brainer that's to me like that blows my mind yeah like especially yeah the sports and all the money that goes to all these other places it doesn't make sense to me I honestly think that teachers should get paid more than doctors because it's just you're teaching, you're educating. It's crazy. But, um, okay, can I ask you guys a question that has nothing to do with this? <laughs> Please. Cool. <laughs> so this podcast is food-based. I just ah. want to know your favorite foods. Oh, I love food. Um, <laughs> I learned how to make sourdough during the pandemic thing um like everyone else did oh yeah so i think sourdough toast with homemade jam is my Yum. and you make it pretty well yes love i do oh. yeah if Gosh. i toot my own horn in one thing it's gonna be bread so yeah. that's awesome <laughs> i love homemade bread fresh bread i've never made any but that's awesome yeah I am a big fan of indian food Ooh, yum. so that is one of my love languages nice. <laughs> to go comforting is it do you make some at home or do you like to um I don't make it at home it's my pleasure of going yeah. out and having someone else that yeah. really knows what they're doing this, make it for me do you eat this spicy yes yes mm, yum awesome mm-hmm. well I thank you guys for sharing some a little bit um also what can other people do to help well at this moment I really you know, standing with us and holding the line, come okay. to a picket. Mm-hmm. Um, like tonight, um, from four to six, we're down on Lake Street, and so it's a it's called a mega picket. And each school is going to be assigned to like a different block, and it's going to be pretty powerful um, cool. to see all educators come, and especially to rewrite some of um, the current the not so, like the history of Lake Street right now. And mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to be there and I think it's it's going to be powerful to see all the educators and all the people that support education walking up and down Lake Street 
Very I'm excited. Cool. Otherwise, we do have a um, we have a strike fund at Nellie Stone Johnson, mm -hmm. um, and that helps so that we can bridge the gap while we're being unpaid. Yeah. And so we've been able to raise some funds and help our our fellow um, colleagues so that they can hold the line because awesome. we're in this together. Yeah. And every single MPS employee is in this together. All ESPs, all teachers, and we're really. It's actually brought us closer, and schools are going to be different. When we walk back in there, hopefully tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. when we walk back in there, it's about to be bomb. It's going awesome. to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten to meet people I had never even met. Like, this oh. was my first year, and I've actually gotten to, yeah, talk to people I'd never yeah. even really met before, and they're awesome. And it's, cool. I don't know, it's, yeah, it's building a stronger community. And yeah. I'm assuming that's happening at most of the schools, too. It's just, mm -hmm. you're spending all this time together, and you're all fighting for the same thing. It's really powerful. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and yeah, sharing. Thanks for yeah, having thank us. You. Yeah, for sure. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good. Good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. All right. I'm here with Alan and Jen, and they're going to talk about this strike with Minneapolis teachers. Um, Jen, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Jennifer Stecker. Um, I've been teaching in the district for 27 years. I'm a FIAD health and adaptive PE teacher. Um, I came to Minneapolis um, to teach. I did volunteer work at Augsburg when I was going there, and I decided that I wanted to stay um, in Minneapolis to make a difference, to make sure that our expectations and we had a rigorous curriculum for all students. And so that drives me to stay here um, on the north side especially. Awesome. I'm Alan Cibola. I am an ELL teacher, English language learners. Uh, I've got 21 years in the district, and uh, I've been on the north side since I started, and my two children have gone to Minneapolis Public Schools and are proud graduates. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, okay, Jennifer, do you want to start, um, can I talk about what's going on here? Um, yes, I joined the contract action team this year in August, um, making sure that all employees and um, staff members knew about what's going on with our salaries for all staff, teachers, ESPs. For the last 10 years, we've not had any um, movement. We've had um, salary freezes to make sure that we, our school was able to move, um, utilize the funds, adding curriculum. So we took a froze in our salary. Um, so did um, some admin and at that time, which was really powerful. So moving forward to now, we have not had a salary increase, um, which in turn that the district is making, trying to make up for those 10 years. It's really hard for to attract Minneapolis as a great district to work for if mm -hmm. we are not having competitive salaries and being able to have living wages due to the mm -hmm. fact of like we've got the pandemic and the 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 cost of living right, right. yeah it's really hard I, when i joined the district i'm sure when jen joined the, the district we had uh, an attractive wage mm -hmm. i looked at working in other districts but uh, Minneapolis had a wonderful reputation and the salary was quite competitive. Mm. Now I've got friends who are going into the profession. They're looking around um, Anoka Hennepin or St. Paul or other districts because they can make more. Right. But what's really tough is we're losing uh, district-wide a lot of ESPs mm -hmm. or educational support professionals 
because often the salaries are 24000 25000 and I mean, you just can't live on it's that. It's not livable. Yeah. No. And so one of the reasons we're out is one of the district proposals was, well, we don't have any, um, we, don't, we can't raise your salaries because there's always a budget crunch and we just don't have any money. They seem to have money for new buildings, for furniture, for this or for that. Yeah. So currently they said, well, listen, we can do a 2% increase um, for the ESPs. So, you know, that's like $480 wow. a year. Yeah. So, yeah, because when they come out to the difference of the 8% on mm -hmm. the, um, say we're up at 8%, well, mm -hmm. they're, they're thinking about a lump sum, which is a one-time fee, and that changes where you're going to be the salary. So even though you're getting that lump sum of that $2,000, mm -hmm. they're saying two, just the 2%, and you're not going to be moving up to that pay scale that you need to. It, it needs to be a living wage to keep right. these people. ESPs are right-hand people. Right. They are with it. We are making, we educate the students, and in our society, we haven't, in our district, has not made the protocol of keeping those ESPs and teachers. Mm -hmm. We, over the last 10 years, now now we're, we're finally saying we're, we've had enough, we need change. The last 10 years, you've been playing around with our salary and with for staffing, and we can't keep our staff because mm -hmm. they, they're moving to other districts. Now the union has finally justified saying we need to make the change now. Otherwise, our district in Minneapolis, we will not survive the next 10 years. Right. And that's really, really crucial for the staff, the students. We need great educators, ESPs, mm -hmm. to help our students be making those greens. Yes. Because of the pandemic, we've all made some setbacks. Mm -hmm. We need to change now. Yeah. I think that children in education is top priority. I think it should be. It shouldn't be something that's on the back burner or um, put on the side at this time, especially with the pandemic and everything. But even pre-pandemic, mm -hmm. we were losing students, oh, yeah. and it's because of district leadership. And then there was a CDD, people hear that, it's the Comprehensive District Design. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to, in theory, uh, create more equity, especially on the north side, but it's not looking like it's doing that. It's driving families away. Um, which, 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 number one, they never really asked teachers and how they felt about the CDD. Mm -hmm. we, we had students that have been at our school for three, four years that wanted to come this fall, but they didn't have the transportation because the CDD had to make them. Now we're seeing some things are a little bit changing because people have moved their students to different Edina, Breck, all these other places, right. or Brooklyn Park and Anoka, right. because they're like, well, I can't pick, my t pick the school that I really want to, and we've lost students for that. Wow. So back on the admin is that he chose to do the CDD. We've lost thousands of students because wow. of it. You can't close the educational gap and make Southside students come here. You need to support the, the students that are in their school mm -hmm. that are lacking the education. We need to support them with other tools. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're going to close the gap in any school in any area. Yeah. Do you guys think that um, you're making any progress? Like, how do you, how's the progress going with everything? It's been slow. The district has dug in their heels. Even before the strike, we wanted mediation. I know back in October, they were canceling meetings with us. 
You knew it was going to be a sticky situation when he decided that it was going to be closed doors, so public's parents were not going to be able to listen to the mediations. So right there was a red flag when he decided wow. that in October. Mm -hmm. um, because usually you have the, the minutes you can, it's, you know, on YouTube, you can, they, they videotape what's going on closed doors. You knew that it was going to be bad when he was going to have the lawyers and the data-driven and the finance people going to the table versus him. Mm -hmm. um, so, and when they didn't want to meet until December, and then they didn't show up, and then they, you know, they were dragging their feet in any of these mediations, you knew it was going to be long. Yeah. Back in the day, um, they changed the rules that all contracts needed to be finalized by January 15th, or some, some date in January, mm -hmm. um, for the next contract. Well, to they, renew yep, it. And they, and they changed that over the years that that, did, that didn't have to be a thing. That was a really good, powerful thing for districts and staff members and unions to, to figure out this is the date we need to justify what's going on and we need to settle it. Like, and they changed that. a deadline, right. yeah. yeah. Well, and I don't think people realize we've been working without a contract since last June. So Which, we don't even have a contract. And what profession really does that? No. I mean, you don't really, when you go in, and when you're an accountant or um, any kind of business, you don't work for, you know what, it's, it's due my, my contracts up, I, I need a raise. That is decided within that, that time. Right. No other, no other profession is going to be teaching or be doing their job without a contract. No. And we have done that. Yeah, and you've done that for how long? Two years or something? Well, the the contract this last year was up in June, and the contract okay. before that was the same thing. They didn't settle for almost you know eight months prior wow. after the fact. Wow. No, why are they doing this? Do you know? Like, what is the issue? Facing the fact that we are in the probably in the red and or they want to justify the, the way they're spending the money. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have COVID money that's out there. Mm -hmm. Most districts have been spending it and using it for mental health. I mean, we need, we need help for staff, families, and students oh, in yeah. the schools. And we've got that money sitting there. That was two years ago yeah. Yeah, that they got their counselors, first- Counselors, yeah, psychologists, yeah, therapists. They, they, they've got that first money right away. And then we've got it last, what are you doing with the money if we can't help students, staff, everyone right. with this right where is that money going i don't know that's a great question yeah interesting and well, there's and you know and and when we sub and when we don't have a sub where's that extra money going right my salary is based on an hourly rate and where where's that extra hourly money right going yeah because and that's been a question for the last eight years yeah wow so i mean there's extra pools of money that we don't know where where it is and this predates Ed Graff, but you know now it's come to a head. We don't have a contract. Um, negotiations didn't work with this um, school board and this superintendent. Now we're on strike. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were hoping, like St. Paul, it could be averted mm -hmm. and we could come to an agreement. Both sides would work together earnestly, and we would do what's best for kids. Mm -hmm. And we're hoping that the district will meet us. And, and try to come to an agreement and work in good faith. And we yeah. discussed this with our students and what was going on before this mm -hmm. and um, what the curriculum we need. And we want to stay in schools. And it's, it's, it's sad that it's gone this long. I yeah. really thought it was going to be a four-day thing. Um, but you know that there's change happening because they started at 0%. 
then they did 1%, then they did 1.75, and then now they're at the 2%. They know that they have to make the change. Yeah. But what are we willing? And, and the union has negotiated. You know, we started at 20% sounds a lot, but that's like the, what we've, that gap that last 10 years. Yeah. So, and we came down to 11%. So that's 8% difference. Now, where's the difference of the district that they've made? Yeah. Right, yeah, so our bargaining team you know, is being flexible. We've got our principles. We've got, I don't know about a sand and line in the sand, but we've got some things that are we've got to have. But we've been flexible in the belief that the district will also be flexible. But we're not seeing that. It's just like pulling teeth, like to get any concession, to get 1%. It's like takes two days. It's just mind-blowing yeah it's and one thing that's changed um, over the years is the health insurance the health insurance in the last contract we kind of got uh, a little a little sidetracked in it where we they said that it was going to be comparable which in turn that it wasn't comparable and I have a lot of staff members you know and you know friends that are paying way out of their pocket it's not the it's not the best insurance when I came to Minneapolis 20 some years ago it was amazing. Everything was paid for, or you had a deductible, and you, you didn't. Now people are paying deductibles, and they're paying, you know, a thousand dollars a month for insurance, and then they end up having to pay more once they've gone to the doctor. So the insurance has not covered. Well, so on that's, top of that, if if you guys get sick or injured, you're not going to be able to be in school to educate, and right. you should be compensated for being able to not be there, be present. It's, right. Right, and so things it's things things have evolved in that, and I think that they want a better health insurance, yeah, like a lot of the other districts, and how it's declined over the years. Yeah. So once you've seen the best, and over the the twenty seven years, it's declined, and then I feel like that if you're not healthy and you're thinking, oh, I have to go to work sick, how is that representing and helping the students, the staff, especially during a pandemic? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, the that. district. The district, I would think, could be or find a more competitive rate because of how large we are and how many people we employ. Mm -hmm. And in the fact, in the past, that had been the case where we could get some great competitive rates mm -hmm. and now other districts' plans are looking pretty good and ours is really costly. Yeah, and that's another thing. So if people are paying that kind of money, they're not coming home with enough money to, to the, the living. And the cost right. of living um, in 2017 was at 5%. Five, five the inflation was 2%, um, and we got a 0.5% raise. Wow. So, I mean... Half um, a percent, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then and Alan has the, the family medical went up that 5%. So if you're getting a 5% and you're only getting a half percent raise, mm -hmm. how does that equal out? Right. And the insurance coverage is worse. Right. You're paying more. Yeah, just a head scratcher. Like, the staff is like, you know, we're still not getting a raise. We got like a half of a percent raise. Right. Then there's like two, three, four percent inflation. Then our fe our family medical monthly bill is going up like six percent or five point seven, and year after year. Mm -hmm. And this is on top of like four years that I'm doing all these hand gestures you can't see out there, <laughs> but we have four years of wage freeze and we thought well we're doing it because we're going to keep schools open we're yeah, going to keep the, ourselves from the kids education yeah. 
one one important thing is is that if we're doing if if you're really serious of supporting the students and the staff in this district mm -hmm. then why would all the administration be able to get raises even during the pandemic that's a question at hand that everyone needs to think about yeah. if you are really truly thinking about the district why are you getting raises if you're not involved with students and why are the people that are with the students not getting raises yeah think about it and what what is the best for the district and that's what frustrates mm -hmm. me the most is because we've given a lot mm -hmm. esps and teachers over the years thinking we're doing the best for our schools and our students mm -hmm. and getting more curriculum and trying to save money here and there mm -hmm. but the people that are not involved with the students are still getting raises how does it justify? And as if I was a parent, and I am a parent, that would fluster, that would floor me. Yeah. And it's so frustrating for staff because we, we have some senior teachers, but we have some rookie teachers, some newer teachers, newer mm -hmm. staff not making a lot. And they see um, the administration um, getting a 5% raise mm -hmm. and then another 5% raise. And we've got half a percent raised and they're like well we did give you a, a cost of living increase not not equitable not just not mm -hmm. fair mm -hmm. well, this is eye-opening and i hope things yeah. change that's that I'm, I'm just i'm just hoping things are changing do you do you see teachers having to have a second job to to take care of the what they're not getting teachers and ESPs all have to have you know yeah. and and we're and we're burnt out like how can you bring your a game to teach all day long students and then you have to go to another job and that's frustrating because we've gone to school and we've we or you know in, in ESPs they take extra classes to work with students mm -hmm. so if you're doing that on top of two jobs how are you able to keep that going right. for so long right okay think of 10 years we've been doing this for so long trying to keep one or two you know those two jobs three jobs and continuing that's, ed classes it, i mean it's it only a matter of time until yeah. you burn out it shouldn't be that shouldn't be a thing that shouldn't be a thing that teachers or educators have to do right but, and that's, you, and but that's why we have a high turnover too right. the, as a profession huge turnover Mm -hmm. Like you can't keep up with it because you're doing schoolwork at home, even if you're not at school. Right. You're doing lesson plans going, okay, oh, this is a great idea. I'm going to write this or I'm going to go get some donations for this. And you're, you're doing stuff after the 4 o'clock hour, after your duty day. So plus other jobs. Right. How, yeah. how, how do you, like, I think it's so important that teachers and educators, uh, they're just um, focused on the kids and, like, helping them and, because um, they have to grade papers and make sure that they're on the right track. And when they go home, they don't actually go home, like you said. Right. And to have to stress about money and paying their bills is mind blowing. Like that, that, that's, that. And that's pace. why. And that's why that you know you go to school and you 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 think that you're going to make the changes, and then you're going, how is how am I doing this? But I could go to do a professional, you know, don't go work at a bank and make more money and have one job. Or and have, be, it, and have or a be, day off. <laughs> or become a consultant in education, but outside of the public school mm -hmm. sector, and then you can be making more money. But I know other people who are really stressing out are English language learners department, special ed department, special education, because they've got legal issues, compliance <laughs> issues. Sorry. 
This is our, our guard dog here. Yeah, Nelly. apparently. <laughs> oh, upset, buddy. Okay. But anyway, it's it's really stressful too. Yeah. And that was it was stressful before before COVID. It's more stressful now. And yeah. <sighs> but. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and all I can do is and that's why I became a contract action team member is that you can't do something, complain about something until you take the action. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that the union has come together with the ESP so we are stronger together and we are all fighting for the same thing for safe and stable schools. And that's what we need. And that is awesome. And I really, I like all of seeing all of the support too. And um I heard the government center was that yesterday. Were you guys there for that? Uh yeah, last night, and there yeah. was a, a big turnout. That's what I heard. It was. We saw huge. former students there and yeah. our colleagues. So it was a lot of energy. Keith Ellison was there. We had um, support from Chicago Public Schools union members. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That is amazing. And see, so that is what makes me happy is because people see it. You know, they see um, that you. That there's a problem and that hopefully there'll be some change. Um, I would love for all the honking and all the support that we have on the streets that they could vote and, and, yes. and, and take charge of the situation because that would be like that we would have been done the second day of strike because of all the support that we've gotten from the community. Absolutely. So, yeah, speaking of which, so what, what would you tell people who um, aren't as aware what they can do to help? Well, we've got quite a few GoFundMe, GoFundMe's um, for um, funds for um, to supplement the ESPs and teachers' salary. Remember, when we are on strike, we are not using our sick days. We are mm -hmm. not um, using any anything else, and we're not getting paid. Mm -hmm. um, we just want everybody to be able to support us through. There's um, things on Facebook. There's the MFT um, fund. They could drop off donations. Um, I know people, you know, the, the food is, is expensive yeah. nowadays, and yes. now we're not getting paid. And so we are at this amazing church. So mm -hmm. they certainly, we've got 48 staff here that they can drop off stuff here as well. Absolutely. And as always, contact the school board yourself. Contact the mayor. Contact city council. Let them know what you're thinking. You can come and join us anytime at any school on any picket line. And or at the Davis Center itself, which is on Broadway. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And then I'll get some links, too, and I can drop them on here so people can easily access that. We so. would love that. And thank you so much for your support. Of thank course. You. Of course. Um, I'm going to ask you guys a question that's not related to kind of break it up. Um, what are your favorite foods? This is a food-based podcast, so oh. I like to just throw that out well, there. Well, I've been making some um, spaghetti. Mm -hmm. I love, and I love if you, if I, I always play this with the kids at school because I am a health teacher. If you're mm -hmm. on an island, what would be the <laughs> only food you could bring? One food and one condiment. And they're oh. like, Miss Decker, what is the condiment? Okay, well, a condiment is like a mustard to me. So my, mine always go to is a hamburger with mustard. Those are the Ooh. two things that I can bring on the island that if I could survive with it. Oh yeah, that is a good one, and it's protein and delicious. Right. And yeah. Yes. Well, at our house, my wife during COVID started baking big time. Mm. So uh, sourdough bread, and we also do waffles, and it's got like a little sourdough waffle thing. Oh yeah. And oh. so then we freeze them, so they're, instead of like getting a box of Legos, excuse me, Egos. Egos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? Both are great, right? Yeah. 
Uh, so we have those in the mornings. I just pop a couple in. Ooh, but okay. I can't live on bread alone. I I could go with a hamburger, but, uh, you know, maybe... <laughs> Oh, we've been doing um, like some smoked salmon too. Right, Ooh, right. Yum. I will say that over the pandemic, I have, um, I'm not a baker. I'm not a big cook thing like that, but um, so I make homemade sourdough bread now. That's my thing. You're the, you guys are, before that, Mary said that too. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's the one, the kneading and stuff like, yeah. you know, bring you back to the step of like less preservatives and stuff like that. You know, cool. That's there's there's a number that. of cooks uh, at, at Nelly. Our, uh, math teacher jill she also is cooking something healthy that's why being in a school she's like you have roommates people who work in the yeah. office so she's like oh mr sabal i made some soup do you want some i, I guess i could eat right. half your soup i think you've been more creative of how things go how you can you know stretch your dollar nowadays yeah. but yes right. that's awesome well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking. And, and Oh, I learned a lot, and I hope that a lot of other people can see what is actually happening and help out. So Right. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank yeah. you. Thank Appreciate you it.